Welcome to Off the Cuff with SDJ, a podcast about everyday life from the spiritual, the physical, and the metaphysical perspective. Each week, I'll bring you episodes that have a casual, laid-back, informal, and spontaneous look at this thing we call life. I'm Sunny Don Johnston. Now let's get started. Hello, 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 friends. Welcome to Off the Cuff with SDJ. That is me. Happy to have you here today on this beautiful Tuesday. Uh, As you can tell, I'm back. I'm home. Um, It's been a hectic couple of weeks, as you all know, with a new grandbaby, and I hope you've enjoyed all the pictures and fun stuff. But we are back for Off the Cuff, and today I have an interview I'm really excited to share with you, um, Carrie Hummingbird, uh, in just a few minutes as we uh, get everybody to uh, come on in and say hello and let me know you're here and you can hear and see everything's good. And we'll uh, we'll bring on Carrie in just a few minutes. Happy to be back. Yes, thank you very much, guys. Good to see you, Cindy. Hi, Tricia. Hey, Barb. Good to see you, my friend. Thank you for the love. Yes, I appreciate it. Yes, excited to have um, a guest. Woohoo! Getting back into the um, the swing of things. I actually just got home this morning. We were supposed to be home last night, but there was a very strong weather storm, and so we got stuck about forty five minutes out with uh, half inch hail and wind, and it was freaking crazy. So we made it. We're back and happy to be home and happy to have our guest today, Carrie Hummingbird. We're going to be talking about the energy of of the mother and also the energy of Mother Earth and all kinds of goodness. So um, come on in, guys. Say hello so we know you're here. Hi, Debbie. Hey, Vicki. Hi, Judy. Hello, Elise. Hi, Michelle. Hey, Jennifer. Good to see you. Hi, Della. Hello, Mona. Great to see all you friends. All right, friends. So I'm going to go ahead and bring our guest on. Uh, Let me grab her right here. Hello, Carrie. How are you, my friend? I'm good, Sunny. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, we're excited to have you as well, my friend. All right, guys. So I'm going to just read Carrie's um, bio first so you all know a little bit about uh, Carrie Hummingbird and what she does and why she's here and what we're going to be talking about. And then we're just going to dive in as we do and totally off the cuff as usual. So Carrie, um, Carrie Hummingbird is soul guide and host of Soul Nectar Show. It, she is the number one international bestselling author of The Second Wave, Transcending the Human Drama, and the award-winning bestselling author, Awaken to Me, One Woman's Journey to Self-Love which describes the early years of her spiritual awakening, which we've all had those. So that's a great title, Journey to Self-Love. Miss Hummingbird inspires people to lead their lives wide awake with an authenticity, passion, and purpose that positively impacts others. She catalyzes mind shifts that transform life challenges into gifts of wisdom. Her newest book, already a number one international bestseller, is called Love is Fierce, Healing the Mother Wound, and describes the most direct path to spiritual enlightenment. Awesome. Sounds great, Carrie. Welcome, my friend. Thank you so much for inviting me to be here, and I'm excited to to get into it, dig it off the cuff. Yes, for sure, for sure. Okay, so 
you um, you talked about, and uh, I, I read a little bit about kind of the things that are are sitting on your heart. And one of the things you talked about is um, mothers and embracing the mother wound. And so will you just share a little bit about what that means? Um, and I'm assuming that there's probably people that um, may never, may have never have heard of the mother wound. So um, I'd love for you to share a little bit about what that means to you. Absolutely. Yeah, it expresses in a lot of different ways. Uh, I think that the easiest way to describe it is that if you've ever had challenges communicating with your mother and getting along with your mom and under having being understood both ways, that's like one avenue for understanding the mother wound. And for me, it showed up as wanting to be pleasing. You know, I really wanted to be a pleaser. I really wanted everyone to be happy. Uh, wanted to just give everything I could to just make the situation good. And I was kind of conflict avoidant. I didn't really like conflict at all. Mm -hmm. And I kind of stuffed all my feelings down and I was told feelings were bad. So I kind of took all my feelings and put them way down deep inside and tried not to feel them. And, you know, and I also felt like I didn't really know what I was talking about unless I had some degree, mm. you know, to tell me, you know, what I was going to talk about. So right. when I became a mom, that was kind of challenging because when you become a mom, there is not a handbook. No. So you have to figure it out somehow. Sure. And it opens your heart. Like it opened, it cracked my heart open. Mm -hmm. And so for me, I really discovered the beginnings of the mother wound. And I had no idea. If you had to talk to me when I was 30 and I had my first baby, I would have been like, what are you talking about mother wound? I had no idea. It's only after the lifetime of going through this process, I now see the roots of it. The roots of everything that I was facing in my life have to do with this deep mother wound. And and what it is, is really the disempowerment of the feminine. It's the it's the um, the way that we've been taught not to trust ourselves, not to trust our bodies, not to listen inside, to um, be quiet, to be pretty, but don't really make a fuss, to don't, you know, don't cause waves, to kind of be arm candy, you know, mm -hmm. all these ways that women have been trained. And don't trust your sisters because they might, you know, they might not have your back. You know, these kinds of paradigms, these are things I experienced and I see a lot of women experiencing. And now is a time of the great awakening. So now is the time that we need to actually reverse those patterns because we're healing the feminine. We're healing. And by healing the feminine, we're actually healing the masculine too, because mm -hmm. nobody's happy when things are unbalanced. You know, when things get out of whack, everybody suffers. And we've had like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years of men, patriarchal kind of thinking, kind of dominating the planet. And that has led us to where we are now. And nobody's happy with it. Very few people would say they're happy with the state of affairs on the earth. And so now is the time for the reawakening of that divine inner feminine intelligence through each one of us, which requires a healing of our attitudes towards emotions, towards intuition, towards each other, towards our mothers, um, our fathers, pretty much everything. It calls into question our relationship with the planet herself. Mm -hmm. So it's very pervasive. That's why it can be challenging to talk about because it hits on so many, you know, sure. facets of our lives. Sure. So, so many different areas. It's like, okay, so if we're going to heal the mother wound, where, where do we, where do you start, Carrie? What, what is the, what's the beginning? Because all, all that you said, I think most people would um, probably agree that they've had some, some form of experience or, or at least um, um, uh, aware of experience around some of the things that you've shared. So 
where do you start when all of that is sitting there? Well, I'll tell you where I started. Um, actually, is where I started pretty much at the beginning of my journey when I met you very briefly. Oh. And Austin at a, uh, it was a Be the Change conference or something like that. And you and Heather Ashamara were both speaking. And I ended up studying with Heather Ashamara because she was close by. You know, she lives in Austin at the time. And so I live in Austin. Mm-hmm. So what started with me is is really opening up to something bigger than me. And that's how she kept talking about it. Open to something bigger than you. And what's bigger than us is the planet, is Mother Earth. And so I started that process of opening to Mother Earth, like going and sitting out on the earth, walking barefoot, hugging trees, sitting in contemplation and and getting some stillness because that's a big aspect of the feminine that we're lacking right now in this like do, 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 go, go, go masculine mindset world that we're living in is the feminine presence is the feminine spaciousness like breathing you know breathing in your body like hand over heart hand over belly and just breathing and really feeling um your body you know paying attention for one moment to the vessel that carries you to all those meetings you know Mm -hmm. I, i was i was going through some legal work a few years ago and i went in to talk with this lawyer and my husband and i were in there with her all day and she never got up once to go to the bathroom Mm -hmm. i drink a glass of water you know this is like this is very basic starting to pay attention to my vessel to my physical needs caring for myself Mm -hmm. that's a really basic place to start watching the food that i'm putting in my body Mm -hmm. does it look like the rainbow you know Sure. Well, and, and and watching everything that we're consuming, right? So the exactly. food we're consuming and the drink we're consuming and the, and the environment we're consuming and the television we're consuming and the social media, like all of the things that we're consuming, of course, affect everything else. It's a ripple effect. Exactly. At all levels, right? So we begin with the body because that's the thing we ignore the most at first, right? And because it's uncomfortable to be alive, let's be honest. Like there's frequencies that we feel out there in the world that are really uncomfortable to feel. And then on the inside, they're hard to feel emotions. We haven't been taught how to feel those, how to have presence with our emotions. And so we have this thing in humanity called repression. So we can just repress all that and pretend it's not there. I did that for lots of years. Mm -hmm. And what would happen is I'd be really nice and really kind, like how I wanted to be until the tension of the repression got so high that I couldn't do it anymore. And then I'd snap, you know, and then I would be like all this anger and resentment would come out and everyone would be so shocked because they, you know, they thought I was this really steady, like loving, soft, kind, pleasing person. And they were shocked that I had something to say. Sure, so sure. I think a lot of women are in that spot right now. It's like, I want to be soft. I want to be gentle. That's my essential nature. But like, hey, on the way, I have to speak up about this thing that's not so right, you know, especially as moms. Like we see, like for me, what really woke me up big time was my kids, right? See, my kids go through it. Sure. Like sure. watching my son and, and watching him struggle and asking the question, why is he struggling so much in school? Why is that, you know, is there something wrong with him or is there something wrong with the environment? It's a mismatch. Like he's, he never, he was like a unicorn child. He never fit in. Mm -hmm. So, you know, like I, I wanted him to perform because I was taught to perform. Sure. 
Yeah, yeah. I had the same thing with my son. Just uh, come on, let's just do it the way everybody expects you to do it. And why would I even think that? Because I didn't do it that way, but that's how I thought. And then, of course, the the teaching, I think a lot of times is we become advocates for our kids, um, but we don't advocate for ourselves. So we won't speak up for ourselves, but we will that that mother, you know, that mama bear inside will speak up for our children. So a lot of times they teach us how to get to that place. Yeah. And I would say that for me, I don't know about you, Sonny, but I would feel like that moment when I became a mother, that was the beginning of my awakening. Mm-hmm. Because all of a sudden, like you said, I could no longer lie about things. Like it's happening right in front of my face. Sure. And I'm looking, I'm watching my son struggle and I'm asking why, like, what's, what is going on? I have to solve this. Whatever this is, my heart won't let me stop. I've got to find a solution for him. And mm-hmm. you're right. I was, I was, I wasn't totally ignoring myself, but I wasn't really paying the same kind of loving care to myself as I was paying to like making sure he was going to be okay. Sure. 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 Okay. So if we, if we have this, um, the, 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 the wound that we recognize that we need to heal. And I assume you don't actually have to be a mother to have a mother wound and you just have to have a mother. Um, and (laughs) which is everybody. Right. And you don't have to be a mother in order to, uh, um, to connect with the energy that you're talking about. So the first step is to kind of, um, um, get present. It sounded like get present in, you know, the physical body, in your breath, in your, in all that you're taking in. And then, and then where do we go from there? If we're, if we want to move forward in kind of healing that mother wound, where do we go from there, Carrie? A really good place to start is, um, looking at the story that you tell about yourself and the story that you tell about your mother or your father, because those are our primary, um, imprinters of our consciousness, our parents. Mm -hmm. And so what this, what's the story that is always been told about you and your family, for example, and start to look at that story and decide, like, start to make conscious decisions about that story. Is that the story that I want to tell about myself? Sure. Does that story box me in or does that story liberate me? Mm-hmm. And if it boxes you in, you might want to look at, you know, releasing that story, aspects of that story, you know, and embracing a new potential, which is unknown. So I want to say, like, this journey takes a bit of courage because, mm-hmm. first of all, we might find out different things about ourselves that we haven't known up until now, you know, that might be shocking to us. And um, we might also um, shock our families, you know, and our families might be like, um, I liked you better the way that it was before because I knew what to expect. And Mm -hmm. now you're changing and that makes me uncomfortable. Yeah. And, so, and, and you fit in. And a lot of times I, I just like you to fit in. It doesn't really matter if you if if you feel like this or that. I mean, they want us to be happy, but be happy and figure out a way to fit in so you don't ruffle any feathers. And that's the thing is that we, you know, transformation ruffles feathers. I mean, we have this really strange thing going on on the planet where everybody is trying to keep everything exactly the same for like century after century, you know, at lineage after lineage. It's like, no, we're that actually causes suffering, right? Because the yeah. river is moving and everyone's gripping the side banks to mm-hmm. keep it the same, and that is actually what causes suffering instead of just letting go right. and flowing with where life wants to lead you. Mm-hmm. Life wants to lead you somewhere, and actually, when you surrender to it, as I know you have and I have as well, it leads you places that are unexpected that are actually way more delightful. Than the space of clinging on to the, 
the side of this river that you don't want to get in. Well, and also in the unknown where so many people get stuck as well, I don't know what it's going to look like or what it's going to feel like or how it's going to be. The unknown is also where possibility lies, right? That's, yeah. that's where all potential is in the unknown also. So it kind of makes sense that we got to step into that no matter what. Either way, we're going there. Exactly. And and so I've been starting to talk about it because this is the, you know, earth-based traditions when we get, I don't know, maybe just the fact that we're getting into our bodies and it's that embodiment part of the journey because we can have the understanding of divinity as outside of us, as like the angels and God and all of this. And then now the next part is to go, oh, me too. Like God is all that is. That includes me. Sure. <laughs> you know? Sure. Which means it's in me right? as much as I let it in. And so it's kind of that journey of rather than thinking constantly in separation, like things are out there or it's away from me, or it's over here somewhere. You know, it's, it's me too. Like it's sure. in me. So, and that process is challenging because you got to face a whole lot of stuff that is um, uncomfortable, realizations, revelations, but then also open up this whole mystery of like, well, if that's who I was conditioned to be and it doesn't feel right to me and I open up to this possibility and I step into the mystery of who I could be, mm -hmm. I might be delighted by that. Like right. I might be completely enthused, delighted, and just excited. It, it could be like a really cool thing. It could be very It could possible. be awesome. Right. It doesn't, I think our nature, and I, I think society has taught us this, but our nature is to always be fearful of anything that's different, anything that looks different, anything that sounds different, anything that's changed, our, our, our natural response is it's got to be scary. Instead of, it could be exciting, it could be fantastic, it could be eye-opening, it could be growth, it could be expansion, it could be all these things. Well, we got to get over one key thing that's been programmed into a lot of people, and that's the fear of making mistakes. Sure. <laughs> okay. Sure. So the fear of making mistakes, let's think about that. We're all afraid, many of us, to make mistakes because mistakes, if you make mistakes, you might lose belonging. And belonging is like the most important thing. I think sometimes even above food and water, like belonging is like so key and important. Mm -hmm. So if we make mistakes, we might lose belonging. So we don't want to make mistakes. However, we're in earth school. So how are we going to learn anything if we don't make mistakes? I feel like it's a celebration to realize that there was a mistake because you realized it. Mm -hmm. Awesome. That means you learned. <laughs> like, right. so I started saying this to my groups. I'm like, let's re let's reprogram that mistakes are bad. And let's say mistakes are awesome. They're awesome. It, it mistakes are super awesome when you learn from them and you make new choices. They're even more awesome. So Mr. Awesome to begin with, cause you, you realized you made one. That's great. Yeah. Right. I was talking about this yesterday to uh, my my spiritual business community. And um, and what I was saying is, um, you know, I, a lot of people, they don't even try because they're afraid to fail, make a mistake. And from my perspective, and I believe this most of most of my life, even when I was younger, I never believed in mistakes. The only time that I actually think it's a mistake is if you don't learn from it. So as long as you have an experience and you expand and you grow, it's not a mistake. It's an experience. It's when you don't 
when you don't learn from it, when you don't take that step, when you don't recognize, when you don't um, take the information and help yourself move forward, that's when it's a misstep, which is the mistake, is you're misstepping. You're not stepping into the truth of the opportunity that's in front of you. And that, to me, is the only mistake. You, that's the only way you can make a mistake. Otherwise, it's just experience. And experience is wisdom, you know, so like everyone's so concerned about book wisdom and like reading, you know, book knowledge, I should say, and reading and reading and learning and learning and PhDs and all this. And I think it's wonderful. And I celebrate people that do that. And life itself is a PhD. So like all of the experience that you gain from embodying your lessons, that Mm -hmm. is powerful wisdom that will never leave you because it's in you. Like that's so powerful. And that's a bit another big rewiring of like this whole paradigm of the mental masculine. And I love the masculine, right? But it's like, it's mental and that's great, but we got to lead from the heart and the body and the heart and the body and the womb, I would say has so much wisdom that we as women, it's our opportunity to rewire some of the cultural and um, dogmatic stories about women's bodies to Mm -hmm. embrace our power we're life givers, you know? So I want to, I want to touch on that if it's okay for a second, cause it just came up. Mm-hmm. Um, part of why it's so important for women to honor themselves, especially mothers is because as we're, as we give birth to babies, they're incubating inside of our consciousness, inside our bodies. Mm-hmm. So if we are having a self-consciousness of, um, self-loathing or um, insecurity or doubt or lack or whatever is going on inside of our own consciousness, that baby's um, worldview is now being shaped with that consciousness inside of us. Sure. Now, it's not a problem if that's what happened. If you re- like, I recognize that happened for me, you know, after the fact, that's not a problem because that also is the baby's launching point into their soul's curriculum. Mm-hmm. And so that's where that, that soul chose to come into you and, and, and have those lessons, right? And so then move out into the world from that launching point. So I, don't, I never, ever want this teaching to um, make any mother, like, feel shame or something about where they were when they birthed their children. Because that is, your child chose you. Mm-hmm. And they wouldn't, like, they yeah. wouldn't have come to you unless they chose you. So mm-hmm. you were their basic choice and their mama, right. which is a huge choice. But as we become more conscious, we can we can also decide to change that starting point. Mm-hmm. And if we are awake to this message, it's an opportunity for us to d- dig into that personal work and look at you know what is your inner landscape. It's kind of like if you if your insides were a grocery store, do you know what's on all the aisles? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. what aisles are you shopping on? Are you shopping on the healthy areas, or you know have you looked at what's for sale inside your grocery store. Like it's like knowing how to navigate the inside of you is so important because that, that, that mass of consciousness is what's incubating your baby. Well, and I think a lot of people, um, whether they recognize it or not, really do struggle with the, um, the energy that they were in when they had children and the manifestation of of that, I know. I know from my own personal experience, and I was a teenager when I had my first um, son, and um, and so I wasn't prepared. I wasn't um, consciously aware. I was scared to death. That's what I was. And so, fear, 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 fear. That was the energy, and that fear was so strong in my in my mindset 
that it literally manifested in my body as toxemia and preeclampsia and eclampsia and stroke. Like all of that was all fear. Well, I didn't realize this for a couple of years, but once, once um, my son was born and um, started seeing his behaviors and his diagnosis of a variety of different um, challenging disorders, um, I realized that so much of that, not to, not to take blame, but for sure to take responsibility for the energy that I was in. And the energy that I was in was absolutely fear-based energy. And so, of course, it was his launching point. Yes, he chose me. Yes, that was all perfectly aligned. And when I was ready to have another child, I wanted to do it different because I learned differently, right? So we don't have to get into the blame shame game, but we also, I think, have to take responsibility for the energy of where we are. And when we're creating a child, that is their home and their environment. And if we can shift it, um, when we're aware of it, like for the women that you know are, are having children now or are going to have children, you could have that awareness. For those of us that have already done it, then we're learning from the experience. And, and that's okay too, because so are the children. Yeah. And I want to add a little layer on there too, of a little magic, which is that there is no time and space. So we're in the timelessness, mm -hmm. right? So in the now, in the moment in presence, we can actually heal things that happened back then. So I've actually done healing work on my womb when my children were inside of me from, from now, mm -hmm. just being back. Cause I remember sitting in a chair, you know, sitting in a chair and touching my belly. I have, I can access those moments, nursing yeah. my child. I can access those moments within my memory and my body. And I'll sit in contemplation and I'll just fill with love and light my whole womb. Like, I love you so much. You are so loved. And I just pump it in there. And for me, that's like, I've noticed how when I started that practice, th along with a lot of other things that were going on, sure. my oldest son in particular, who took the brunt, right? The first kid always takes the first brunt. Kid, of, first kid, yep. You know, and he took the brunt of it. And he actually has opened up and flowered and blossomed. And, you know, and my whole family has changed, actually. Even the work I've done with my mom, like I've gone back to my own being in the womb of my mother. And I have blessed my mother from inside her womb. Sure. sure. And, you know, and all of these, it seems like, it seems like I know that you've had a journey you shared. I remember you sharing it about your health challenge and about bringing in the green light and the protection and, and the healing. And this is that moment of faith. Like this is where it's faith because we're practicing the energy work, which is the unseen world, and we're bringing it into our physical manifestation. Mm -hmm. And the more we can do that with certainty that we are being heard and that we are inviting this healing energy in and that this is working, you know, as we do that, it does work. And you can start to see miracles starting to happen in your relationships and with the people you love. Sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Agreed. Agreed. So if we are... Um, if we want to, I'm going to ask you one question, then we're going to get to the off the cuff questions. Um, okay. How, if we're, if we're doing this healing the mother work, how do you forgive your mother? Oh, or, what a great question. Or forgive yourself, like in, in my experience or your experience or forgive yourself as the mother. How, how does that, how do you start that process? Yeah. So it's such a great question. Um, I, for me, I don't know about anybody who's listening, but for me, what really helps is when I can understand things. Like if I can understand 
what was being learned or I can understand the construct like why why did we have this situation if I can understand that it's easier for me to accept it and then learn from it and grow and so with my mom for example um my mom and I had a very rocky beginning zero to five we had some violent um, men in our lives and that kind of set a dynamic a paradigm Sure. Which is how we ended up having our challenges, those early patterns in my brain. So flash forward, we met my dad when my my stepdad, who was the man who really raised me from five years on, five years old on, he passed away three years ago. So this amazing pillar of just love and protection and, and just peace in our family, he was always our buffer between me and my mom and helped us communicate with each other. He passed away. And um, it was kind of sudden. So all of a sudden, the family just went, you know, haywire. And it was already on the fritz because I've been doing my messenger work. So I'm pretty sure, Sunny, you can relate to me on that. Like when you do messenger work, people in your family don't always like that you're out there talking about stuff. So I was already on the fritz. You know? mm-hmm. So that's what led me to start writing this book. And in the process of writing the, the Love is Fierce book, Healing the Mother Wounds, I had to face a lot of challenging things. And one of the things that I really had to face was what is the story I hold about my mother? What is the story I hold about my mother? And how can I transform that story to give more space for the potential that she's loving, kind, and honors me and cares about me and is devoted to me? Like, I want that story. So how can I change the story I'm holding to create more space for the story I desire. And a lot of that had to do with gene keys. So I love the gene keys. It's a it's a tool of Richard Rudd. He's created it. It's it's um, just a brilliant little tool. It gives you a map of your, your whole psychological soul's profile for this lifetime, I feel. Anyway, when I looked at it, I was like, oh, I always think about all those things right in that chart. Okay, cool. Thank you for the map. So I got mine and then I got hers. Mm-hmm. And I started looking okay, what is it about her? So flash forward to just Sunday, because I'm always learning. I keep learning from this tool, right? I keep learning more. I started showing it. My mom and I finally reconnected, by the way. So I did a bunch of work with the book. Finally, my mom and I got to a point where we reconnected and we have been so, like all that negativity is gone. Like I don't feel it anymore. It's gone. I just feel love. I feel gratitude for my mom. And then this Sunday, it keeps going deeper. Like the gratitude just keeps getting bigger. Like It doesn't stop. It just gets bigger because I keep realizing things that I had been so resentful about her that actually were my gift. It was my medicine. Like Mm -hmm. the wound I thought she was, was actually my medicine. So we were going over one this Saturday, this Sunday. And I was like, mom, oh my gosh, I was reading her out of the book. And I was, I'm like, this is your shadow. This is your city. This is your gift. This is who you're meant to be. And what I was seeing was my mom is one of these rare individuals that can totally sniff BS. Like she knows when you're lying. <laughs> she knows when you're not being yourself. She yeah. knows when you're being mediocre. She knows when you could, you you know, you're, you're abandoning yourself to fit in. And she kept poking that in me and poking that in me and poking that in me. And I just kept going... Oh, I just want to fit in. Stop. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and yeah. she, she helped me to step out, you know, yeah. yeah. I had to claim it for myself, but she was there my whole life challenging me on all the places I was trying to dumb myself down or be smaller and fit in. Sure. Sure. 
So yeah, I was weeping at the restaurant. I was just like crying. I was like, oh my God, mom, thank you so much. I appreciate <laughs> you so much for this. I hated you for this, but this is, and we were just holding hands and she's just like, oh, she's like, you've always been my love and I love you so much. And I did everything for you. And it's like, I could finally receive that because it's totally sure. true. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cause you could see it from a different perspective. Yeah. But it takes, happens, it, it's hard. If you can't understand where they were coming because it's easier to uh, to be able to forgive if you can understand but yeah. there are circumstances i think that a lot of people get into where they can't understand it or they don't have enough information to even try to understand it so then then what do you recommend carrie yeah i would i would say i'm going to give a high level perspective I and mean, this is you know, I, this is going to be hard for some people to hear. And I just, I, I ask for grace in advance, <laughs> but you know, we're making a huge shift in our evolution as humanity, as a, as a species right now. And we're making that shift out of victim consciousness and into sovereignty. So any place where we feel um, like we just can't solve it, or we can't let it go, or we can't forgive it, or we can't um, understand it and, and, it's the, all of that is part of that tangled up victim rescuer perpetrator triangle that mm -hmm. keeps us locked. And actually that's the thing that's kept humanity locked in so much suffering and angst over the last millennia, however long it's been that we just keep fighting and tearing each other down is because mm -hmm. of this lack of being able to get through the uncomfortable, like this shouldn't be so this it should never be this way. It's not fair. Like all of that is part of this whole like ball of twine that's all just knotted and tangled up. So we, we're the ones who suffer from that. Not only us, but our ancestors forward, right? They suffer from it. So I, that's where suffering comes from is not being able to move through those uncomfortable feelings and accept the blessing. Now, I, I, I had to move through those to accept my mom. And, you know, with the father of my children, there really wasn't that opportunity to get that understanding. And so my process was different there because he won't, he wouldn't speak to me. He won't speak. Mm -hmm. So I had to really kind of go inside and ask myself, do I want to carry this pain around in my body? And not only my body, but if I have this if I have this anger, resentment, frustration towards him, my children, their bodies are a combination of my DNA and his DNA. And so it's like they're at war inside my kids' bodies if I can't forgive it. Mm -hmm. So I don't want my children to be at war in their bodies. Sure. And I don't want me to be at war in my body. Right. And right. so I've, that's why I've got to let it go. So a lot of times we get sick, right? Mm-hmm. Because we won't let it go. We won't forgive it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Mother Earth is fierce. This teacher that we're all embedded in, <laughs> I mean, we're in Mother Earth suits. So sure. she's our teacher. We're in Earth School. and She's our teacher. And she knows what you need. So you're going to get it one way or the other because right. you asked for it. <laughs> you're here. So you're going to get it one way or another. You're going to learn what you came here to learn for sure. You don't get out yeah. of it. Not learning what you need to learn. 
Absolutely. And it's so hard. It's so, you know, it's hard because it's, it's the opposite. I remember my grandmother was, was um, Southern Baptist. And so she always had this idea that God was like way out there someplace mm -hmm. and is like separate and, you know, like, mm -hmm. and isn't aware of like all our thoughts and our feelings and everything like this. Mm -hmm. And, and I, it's so, for me, it's just, it's like a smile inside because right. I know that mother earth is watching me every single moment, my thoughts, my emotions, how am I reacting? How am I feeling? What do I really feel? Would I say I feel something, but I'm repressing, you know, like all of that. It's so present. Like it couldn't, yeah. I, it's the furthest thing from being left behind. <laughs> right. 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 Absolutely. Beautiful. I love it. I love that answer. <laughs> That's fantastic. Okay, let me let me um, just share with them if they want to go and grab either one of your books. And you also have a free gift, The Love Mastery Game, an oracle to understand why a challenge is happening and to accept the help of Earth allies to move through it. So if you want to go and check that out, it's under CarrieHummingbird.com, which is just her name, CarrieHummingbird.com forward slash play, forward slash play. That sounds awesome. So you guys go check that out. Um, and then again, the names of the books are um, The Second Wave, Transcending the Human Drama, and Awakening to Me, One Woman's Journey to Self-Love. So, um, all right, Carrie, I'm going to ask you a couple just off-the-cuff questions. This is how we wrap up, okay? Um, first one is, what was your first job? I worked in the tobacco fields. When I was, uh, before I could get a job because you, I was too young to be hired into a store. And so during the summers I wanted to make money. So I went and worked, um, tobacco with the migrant farm workers. And I, I was in the shed with my, so in, you know, stalks of tobacco up on the lathes and try not to get my fingers stuck in the needles. <laughs> huh. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. There's all kinds of jobs you just don't even know is a job. But then when you go, oh yeah, well, I guess somebody has to do that. So that's so interesting. Very cool. I have ancestors that were migrant farm workers that are just a few generations back. So my mom was like, she's like, I want you to, if you're going to do a job, I want you to do this because then you'll know you can do anything and survive. Sure. sure. Interesting. Very cool. Okay. Um, all right. If you had a um, uh, billboard anywhere in the world, what would you have it say and where would you put it? <sighs> what would I have it say? Hmm. Well, my current thing is I stand for peace. Okay. Beautiful. Will you stand with me? Mm. Mm -hmm. And I Where would put that it? billboard anywhere. <laughs> There's a lot of people, wherever the most people is. Okay. And yep. I, I stand for peace. Will you stand with me? Mm -hmm. Beautiful. I'm, I'll stand with you. Okay. That's a motto of mine too. Okay. Um, last question. Is there one item over the past year that you have purchased that you absolutely love and just can't live without? And if so, what is it? One item I've purchased that I can't live without. In the past year? Actually, yes. Now, I just, I, I teach in Andean um practices. Like I, I went to Sacred Valley in Peru and stuff. So I lead groups there. So in this last group in June, we went and I got this beautiful Apu stone and Apus are mountain spirits. Mm. And 
I like to call in the power of the mountains. I mean, think about the stillness of the mountain. Think about the power of the mountain. It's so stoic. It's so vast. It's so present. It It's just like this energetic force field. We mm-hmm. went up to the holy mountain. We went up to Alsengate, which is their holy mountain. And we spent several days up there doing, you know, just um, ritual and devotional practices to get more power, you know, so we can come back into the fray here in the United States and mm-hmm. be grounded. And it was so amazing, this Apu stone, because if you bring that home with me, it's like, just hold that in my hand. It's made of this meteorite and it's like heavy, it's, it's dense, and it's also resonant with the power of the mountains. And I, it helps me to feel like everything's going to be okay mm-hmm. because the mountains survived. Sure. You know, all this chaos. Mm-hmm. So maybe if we get still like the mountains and present like the mountains, we can mm-hmm. survive too. Now, how, how was Peru for you this year? Because we actually were supposed to go to Peru and we canceled it. We've can't, it's been canceled two years now. So we're going next June. How oh, was we're going to be there in June. Maybe I'll see you. you. I yeah. might see you. Yes. Yeah. Um, so how um, was it being there during in, in the middle of COVID? How was that experience for you? Actually, it was amazing. Um, we actually went in 2020. We went, I took a group in 2020, November. Right as the borders opened, we slipped across the border into Peru Mm -hmm. and we got to go to Machu Picchu on the first day it was open to international tourists. Mm -hmm. There was nobody there. Good for you. It was empty, Mm -hmm. you know? And then when we went in June, we were thinking, oh man, probably going to be lots of crowds again because now it's been open for six months. And, but we, we went and it was same thing. Like there were more people there, but very few. And, mm-hmm. and if you've ever been to Machu Picchu, it's like usually throngs of people. Like there's just, cause it's one of the seven wonders of the world. Right. So yeah. there's tons of people there, but it was so beautiful to be able to be there in with no one there. And to yeah. feel like, I, I'm very psychically sensitive as I know you are. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to be in a place like that and appreciate it when there's so many people and so sure. much energy swirling around. So to be able to be there when there's like no one there is like, ah, it's like yeah. psychic, psychic benefit. Sure. Beautiful. <laughs> Blessing. Yeah. yeah, it was great. Awesome. awesome. And we got to yeah. help the people. We got to help the people because they had been without money for, you know, without yeah, tourism. For sure. Yeah, that's they rely I mean. on it. Yeah, I really, I really wanted to go, but our our agency wouldn't. They they just they wouldn't let us. Uh, they wouldn't let us continue. So we'll we'll be there in June. So I maybe we'll cross paths with you. Maybe we will. We'll be there again with my group too. Awesome, it's beautiful yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. I, I haven't been there, so I'm really looking forward to it. Oh, that's exciting. It'll be awesome. It'll be awesome. All right, my friend. Well, thank you so very much. It's a beautiful interview. Thank you for sharing about the mother wound and how to heal it. And um, everyone, again, if you want to go and check out CarrieHummingbird.com or go and and use her um, oracle, CarrieHummingbird.com forward slash play. Um, And thank you so much for being with us, my friend. I appreciate it. Thank you, Sunny. Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks, everybody. Have a great, fantastic rest of your day. And uh, we'll see you tomorrow on Off the Cuff. Thanks, guys. Thank you so much for listening to Off the Cuff with SDJ. If you gained some knowledge, if you felt a connection, if you got some ahas or insight into this thing we call life, if you feel like you're a little more elevated than you were before you listened to this podcast, then please subscribe to this podcast. And if you're already signed up, 
please rate and review it. I'd greatly appreciate it. If you want to get more information about me and what I have to offer, go to my website, sunnydonjohnston.com. Thanks so much, my friend, and I hope to see you next week.